Okay, so I want to go back into like work and life and everything. We we, we really talked about like those subconscious. And like, I want to switch back into work life. Like, how do you balance? I say work and life now that it, work life balance, so to speak. Now that it's all at home. Uh, for yeah. me, like my work is here, yeah. and it's hard to leave because you know regular people at the office they leave work it stays at work you know what mm-hmm. i mean well i actually because i work with the subconscious i know how to trigger myself into doing certain things and so i wanted to keep my office like this this office here is the space for me to work and i knew that going into this lockdown like every like all systems were going to be thrown off and so i kept coming to my office and i've been coming to my office like this whole time because well it's an isolated office so i'm you know still social distance but um, but coming here definitely like i can focus here like this is the place of work and it um has kept me in the zone and kept me you know continuing to uh, create and produce things i need to be working on and yeah, home. And so home, I've made my, my dance and yoga studio. So mm. I can, I've created like this little schedule of I teach yoga in the morning in my living room and I come to the office and I work and I go home and, and I dance in the living room at night, you know? And so it's like kind of trying to create spaces where I do different things. Um, so I'll be lazy. I'll just be at home and like, sit around and not do anything yeah i feel you like i having a uh, a lazy day is something i'm trying to implement at least like once a month or once a week because you know like it's it's so easy to be caught in like trying to get more to do more to try to get more but sometimes like you know one step back 10 steps forward kind of stuff I, this just came up into my mind when you're working with a lot of clients in terms of hypnotherapy and the healing work it's it's therapy so i'm assuming that you're also taking on a lot of the the stuff that they share like the emotional baggage so to speak like i would feel i would assume that feels heavy i don't know i'm just i'm just i might just be making it this whole scenario up in my head but like no i think that i think that a lot of healers do that i think that a lot of people do do that and I think they haven't worked through their own shit. Like, that's why a lot of people are, you know, like, taking on things, um, feeling bad, hearing all these stories. I don't know. I feel in service to people, and I feel really, really happy that I can help someone. And Mm. I always feel better after doing sessions, even, like, the hard ones. I, you know, people dealt with rape and things and, you know, traumas and massive debt or you know things things that are really big the fact that i can go in and support that makes me feel good wow that that's badass man (laughs) (laughs) i also have a dance practice you know like after i'm done with all this stuff i want to go dance like i go to the dance studio oh well i used to Yeah, yeah. Did you go out with us that one time? Like, yeah, it's it's just nice to go uh, out and just release the energy. Mm-hmm. Like, I miss the one of the events I really miss, and it was shut down before Corona happened. Was is the floor? What yeah. miss that? And uh, I don't know if you went out with us whenever we went to the the federal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just that energy of other people is I I miss. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait yeah. until this is all done. Wear your mask, people. Come on. We can do this. 
<laughs> I ask this question a lot for, for, to much more mature <laughs> I guess because I, I interviewed Rose yesterday and she's what 23 so she <laughs> can't answer but like what would you say to your 16 year old self oh <laughs> gosh I mean I was a different person when I was 16 right um, I was a punker <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was a fighter <laughs> yeah what would I say just trust yourself I would say Trust yourself and, oh, you know what I would say is I would say to my younger self who was struggling with, what am I going to do with my life? Like trust dance more. You know, I, I wish I, I could have really trusted the path of dance and, and known that it could be my healing mechanism because I could have, I think I could have done a lot more with it, you know? So I think I would tell my younger self to dance more. That's dope. Yeah. That's badass. <laughs> For anyone who's like curious to do what you're doing, like in becoming a healer, like how would they get started? Because it's not, you know, go to school, become a doctor. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just now that I'm getting all my social media stuff up, I just last night put up free 15 minute consultations on my Instagram. So I would say book a consultation and I can talk to you about it. Um, I will put that in the, in the link. (laughs) (laughs) Get yourself around um, people that are doing it. Yeah. I mean, get yourself around people. Uh, I'm teaching classes every day. I'm teaching yoga and Qigong classes every day of the week. Just get yourself around the people that are doing healings, energy work, hypnotherapy, teaching yoga and, trauma healing. I mean, there's so many different modalities out there. Um, sure, and there's yeah. a lot of people out there doing the work that are, um, that are, especially in LA. I mean, LA has just so many people in the yoga world doing this work and there's a whole community around it. There's a whole, I mean, there's like people that live in the woods that, you know, work regular jobs in LA and there's people that live by the beach and, you know, are working for tech companies that are super involved in yoga and healing and so there's a whole there's a whole yeah. world in LA of people that are doing this Venice work. Beach is starting to, is like having its own like it has its own tech area yeah it's yeah wild yeah and those people are interesting like they're in the tech world and the healing world you know, yeah doing a lot with the, the healing arts so what what do you think are the important characteristics or qualities a person needs to have to do healing First things about healing is the first thing really is that most people come to healing work because they needed to heal themselves. So do the work on yourself. Like that's the most important thing is you, Mm. if you have the capacity to do healing work on yourself, to sit for a year and meditate, to go to yoga class every day, to get healing sessions from energy healers or shaman or yogis, you know, you have the capacity to work on yourself then you have the capacity to work on somebody else you know so what does it take it takes you having the patience and ability to sit with yourself and reflect and look at yourself Mm. if you Mm. can actually look at yourself and see uncomfortable truths about yourself well then you can change them you know Mm. And then you can sit and be that for somebody else. But you have to do the work on yourself. Mm, that reminds me of the my favorite Blaise Pascal quote: "All of man's troubles stem from 
man's inability to sit with a, in a room by himself alone. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll put it in the description. What's something like that? It's Blaise yeah. Pascal. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I love that because it's people are quick to numb th- the the challenges oh, yeah. uh, that they face, or you, they avoid looking within, which is they they just distract themselves with mm-hmm. the external. You know, like the whole famous, like, I'm going to do this and, you know, like and the whole one finger at four fingers, three fingers, whatever, pointing back. Mm-hmm. People aren't, are quick to blame versus mm-hmm. sticking within. It's uncomfortable and we have an ego and the ego protects us from pain, you mm. know. So we, the ego says, I'm fine. I don't need to work on myself. I don't need to change. I don't need help, right? Mm-hmm. But it's protecting the vulnerable piece of you that's in grief or sadness or anger or trauma you know like there's some something is protecting so the ego is just doing its job and and most people are listening to the ego most Mm. people are saying no i'll be fine you know i'm going to deny everything that's happening over here i'm not going to deal with it i'm not going to look at it i'm going to go drink or do this or you know explode on my friends or whatever it's when you have the ability to sit through that and sit with yourself and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to look at my pain. I'm going to look at my whatever. Yeah. Deal with it. Well then, I mean, then you have freedom because and it's not that hard once you actually do it. It's just the ego it just doesn't want to do it. it it's like the, want- the whole, what you resist persists. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, that's my tattoo. Like it says ego is the enemy. Cause like, it was like that whole year. It was like, like I'd say the first month was a, a lot of it was sitting with a lot of the stuff I lost after jail. Like right after I got out of jail, I was evicted. Mm. <laughs> and that at the same simultaneously, I was allowed to see my kid. You and, weren't allowed to? No. Oh, no. Because, yeah, this uh, somehow uh, child protective services got involved, and they told they they convinced my son's mom to put a restraining order on me for a short time. Mm. So, wow. yeah, and then while well, we were like we were just trying to figure it out, and this is it's just the whole the situation just got really out of hand. That could have been resolved, but I think it was necessary to. I'd say like there's this whole thing. That reminded myself when I was in my jail cell, I was like, I chose this. I just wasn't aware of it. Like, because I, I could easily have pointed the finger at, I don't know, my mom, my neighbors, the police, whatever, all this stuff. But like, I am there. there <laughs> so I made some, I somehow made this decision. And a lot of it was like hints of like my, my, I, I would say episodes of anger, like not like rage, but like when I would be triggered, when I would be short on with people, when I would be impatient. It was like the whole, I think Oprah said it, you know, if life comes at you at a whisper at first, mm-hmm. then it all comes knocking. Like when I feel like the universe is, was trying to teach me before, mm-hmm. but it's like, all right, you're not listening. So it's like, this is, this is I didn't want to have to do this, but you're going to have to learn the hard way. So, <laughs> so in that, in a sense, it was like, the, the sh- one of the shittiest moments I experienced was one of the greatest gifts I got. So well, also, you probably didn't numb yourself out to that moment. You probably faced it. Yeah. So you yeah. got the lesson. You yeah. got to, to move forward from it rather than running it. Yeah, it was rough. Like then, just 
meditating in my jail cell helped. <laughs> I started there. <laughs> it was like, cause it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm just there by myself in my jail cell and I'm like, I have nothing to do. There's a Bible. I can work out. I can meditate. I can read. <laughs> so I needed to like control my running thoughts somehow. So meditation has always been a tool. So I really needed it then and there. And then I needed to feel like I can get out of it. Like, so we started reading the Bible. I'm not a religious guy, but it was like, it was nice to have something to give me hope that I can become better. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff, in my opinion, is really like, yeah, I'm going to touch on something that you, you mentioned earlier, but a lot of it is the self-work or even self-mastery. Like, I think one of my favorite quotes, and it comes from like different different people. I think they said it in The Art of War. I know it's in, in the Bible. It's like, the, it's like self-mastery or self-control is much more powerful than controlling a thousand armies, an army of a thousand or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if you can control your emotions in any storm, if you can control yourself, like, and when I say controlling your emotions, that doesn't mean like pushing it aside, which is a common, I think, misconception from people. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, it is the hardest thing, you know, when you can actually really deal with yourself and sit still and sit in your, in your shit. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> And 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 face it, and then deal with it, and and move forward in love and openness and connection to the world. That makes you a stronger person, you know. But a lot of people will go to war over their traumas, you know. Mm. I think that Hitler is a great example of that. He had a lot of trauma from childhood. He had a lot of stuff, you know. And it, if you read any stories about him, you'll. you'll read about things that you know he went through when he was younger along with like heartbreak you know and the, they just really shaped him and and he never dealt with his stuff and so he very powerful in his ego you know mm. right. yeah it, it, one thing i love that you said earlier was like you know a lot of people try to like get their a lot of people try to get their power from the ego but i think a lot of the power really is in the invulner the the vulnerability it's because it's probably one of the most scariest things to do, mm -hmm. but the most releasing and most powerful thing. It's almost like freestyling in a like in a cipher in a sense. Yeah. It's like you're. It's scary because all eyes are on you watching, mm -hmm. but when you do it, it's such a release. And you same. You know, I would I would compare that definitely to like freestyle dancing versus choreography like there is a there's a little bit more ego in the choreography thing i think because it's like how can i how can i achieve this goal and you know and, and match what's going on in front of me because the, there's some ego projection of i want to look like that versus mm. Choreographers, you know, the choreographer themselves may be in their actual vulnerability and artistry. But like for sure, a freestyler is like a freestyle dancer is in their artistry and their vulnerability and their creation, you know, and that takes a lot more courage. Yeah, because it's yeah. like. Yeah, then to repeat something and try and make yourself look good, you know, in a choreography, not to like 
say, but I mean, like, I'm not the best choreography dancer in the world, you know, but I just think that that freestyle space is a really vulnerable space of creation where um, stuff will come out of you, you know, and you let it, then it's actually doing. Yeah, I, I can uh, agree in that, like, when I've freestyled and I let go in a sense, like, and it takes a couple rounds for, like, I'd say, like, like the judging mind to just let go. Uh, even then, it's hard. It, I feel like it's a, it's very elusive. But I start doing movements and moves that I normally wouldn't do when I just mm-hmm. let go, which is very different. And when choreography, there's structure, and it, you can feel freedom in a sense where you feel confident and you fully understand the choreography that you're not thinking about it so much. Mm-hmm. But it's very different when you have total freedom and control of your movement mm-hmm. and you're just i'd say speaking from the soul to your dance yeah so and both i both i think are great like like the way i view with it is like you know choreography would be like a structured day and a freestyle would be a relaxed day like mm-hmm. one of my favorite quotes from the groove is like sometimes life can't be choreographed sometimes you gotta freestyle mm-hmm. 